Welcome back to the Forex Beginner Podcast. It's your boy, Calvin, the new trader. Today, I want to encourage my new and beginner and developing traders. If maybe right now you feel like, man, Calvin, I'm looking at all these other traders and they're making all this money. I'm looking at these prop firm interviews and they're showing these traders making this gigantic amount of money. But Calvin, I keep failing challenge after challenge. Calvin, man, I had a funded account, but I didn't even get a payout because I blew it. Calvin, I'm struggling with figuring out my strategy. I'm trying to develop something, but it's just not working. I, you know, I get in the market and it just keeps hitting my stop loss. Calvin, I'm feeling a little discouraged right now. Well, today's guest is going to encourage you. And I say this because he's somebody that went from being a janitor to building up his consistency in Forex in about a year and a half, two years, to managing a quarter of a million dollars for others, and then venturing out and trading his own capital, and now building the life that he loves, where he's able to be there for his kids, do great things with his kids, retire his wife, she never has to work again, and he's living his dream of helping other traders get better, understand what they're doing, and build consistency in their trading. Ladies and gentlemen, this guy is a complete inspiration to me. He values the things that I value. Quality time, trips, the simple things. Ladies and gentlemen, my interview with Akil Stokes starts right now. You're listening to the Forex Beginner Podcast with Calvin, the new trader. On this podcast, you'll get daily motivation, encouragement, and Forex trading tips as Calvin, the new trader, shares his journey with you. Hey, man, how you doing? You brought back the janitor days, man. It's been a while. Sheesh. From janitor <laughs> to trader, man. That brings me back to humble beginnings, man. I, you, you can never forget that no matter how far you make it. We, like we spoke about in pre-show, man, you can never forget where you came from because it's it's so important and so many others are coming from the same place. So you got to relate. You got to relate. Bro, I want to jump right in. Talk to mm -hmm. us about the three jobs. Being a janitor was one of them. What were the other things you were doing simultaneously at the same time? Just making it, man. Just trying to stay above and just trying to find your direction in life. Yeah. So I, I came out of college, graduated college. Um, I went to grad school because there were no jobs. Uh, there were no careers out there. I, I had this degree that I spent a lot of money to get and I couldn't get anything. So I was just trying to, you know, make it work by any means. Just, you know, something I've been ingrained you know, ingrained within my whole life is just hustle, 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 hustle. And I, I've never been shy to work hard. I've been working hard since probably like the age of like 12, 13. And, and that's all I knew. So I just picked up as many jobs as I could. So um, I was working in the school district with children that had um, behavioral health um, issues. So kids that had like autism or other type of behavioral issues. I was, you know, basically like, a, you know, at, at first, I thought it was a glorified babysitter, but, you know, actually the job was more about teaching them social skills at the same time, keeping them out of trouble and lots of stories there. Not a not a job for the faint of heart, um, but I did it and I felt found a special place there. I was coaching track and field at the school I graduated from. So I went straight from school to I sped over to the track, coached track, took some grad courses after that. Then at night, um, I was a janitor. I was cleaning uh, banks. I was cleaning preschools, not the, the greatest of gigs out there. But again, it was something that was able to make me money. And between three jobs, I was making it, or at least what I thought was it at the time for someone that, you know, I never really 
had like a real job before. So, you know, I, I, I was happy and I had a lot of energy. So I was all for it. You went to college. What college did you mm -hmm. attend and what did you study uh, at college? Millersville University. I should have the, the shirt on. Where's it at? Right here, right now. Always repping it. Changed my life. Took me out. I'm from Philly originally. Took me out of uh, Philly and gave me a different perspective on life. And, and, and some may say it would have changed my life as well. Just kind of getting out of that place. Um, I studied originally, I went for business marketing because out of high school, everyone just said, be a business major. That's where the money's at. So I'm like, Hey, you know, whatever, I'll do it. Um, first semester, I found out the hard way that I was not equipped for those classes. Um, I just wasn't prepared in high school to take the classes that I needed to do at a college level. And it's funny because I do the trading thing now and whatever like that. First semester, I had a micro and a macro economics class, right? So things you would think is right up my alley. D's in both of them. Um, and I end up switching majors to speech communication after that, uh, really just talking to the guidance counselor, kind of figuring out, one, what's something I like to do? And I did like the marketing aspect and stuff like that. Two, how am I going to survive college? Because my dad always told me, um, you know, the, the goal is just graduate. It doesn't really matter what you graduate with, just graduate. So kind of check your ego at the door and, and not do something necessarily because you want to do it. Just just make it out. That was the goal. Yeah. That's awesome. How important was having your dad in your life? How important was that in terms of who you've become today? The most important thing. Um, my dad's my hero. Um, he's everything. Um, I hope my dad doesn't hear this. We don't, you know, we don't, we don't have the emotional conversations. We don't do that. But um, now nah, he he raised me right. I've got two kids right now, and I, and I try to be just like my dad. Um, that's my goal. If I can raise them like my dad raised me, I know I'm doing a good job. But he taught me, he took the time to teach me a lot of lessons, a lot of lessons I thought were stupid back then, but a lot of financial lessons where it's forcing me to, you know, like, again, I worked from a very young age, and instead of just being allowed to go spend it right away, he forced me to put some in savings account. Then he taught me about kind of the, the different levels of investing as far as like a money market, a certificate of deposit. Um, he even made me, I hated this, made me buy some bonds at a young age. And it was like, oh, this won't, you know, this won't raise in value for like another 20 years. I'm like, why the hell am I doing this? But forced me to do that. And he's the one that really got me into investing in the first place. I, I graduated college. I had, you know, it was my last kind of big hurrah as far as like gifts from like family members at college graduation. I had money saved up because I worked all the way through college. And I said, hey, what do you know? What do I do? I have this money. I don't really spend anything. I'm very frugal. What do I do? And he said, hey, the next step is get involved in the financial markets. You should invest in some stocks. And that is what first piqued my interest. And man, I'm glad I did because, you know, I, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now if I never would have made that initial move of just taking time to like, oh, I got to do this dumb stuff. Let me learn a little bit about it. Talk to me about that. You got to <laughs> talk to us about that. So dad, he gave you a foundation about investing. Mm -hmm. Um did dad come from, you know, uh, a family inheritance? Did you get left an inheritance? Like, talk to us. Like, give us some details, some context <laughs> around this. Because I want people to understand, like, you are literally, and that's why I wanted to bring you on here. We talked about this pre-show. Um, your start and your journey is raw and it's real. So I really want people to understand, like, yeah, dad was telling you about this, but was dad, you know, a trust fund baby? Did he give you a big <laughs> million-dollar fund like Mr. Donald Trump got? So give us some context around that. <laughs> yeah, 
not not at all not at all no my my dad was just trying to make it hard worker uh blue collar man it was um we 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 weren't poor i'll I'll tell you that you know where i grew up there are a lot of people you know much worse off than me like we never had to struggle with food i never had to struggle with clothes now like we had to buy the cheap stuff don't get me wrong we had to buy some of the knockoff stuff so i wasn't necessarily wearing like the nikes and whatnot but as far as like your your basic needs at home, like we always had heat, we always had light, we always had food and water. Um, and that was all taken care of. Um, things did get harder though, right? I, I come from a two-parent household. Um, there was a situation with my mom probably around the time, a little bit before high school, where um, basically she wasn't able to work anymore. So that cut two incomes down to one income. That cut a college fund that was ready for me to go and help pay for college that drained that down to zero because we had to, you know, pay the mortgage and stuff like that. So I didn't notice and, and understand these struggles until after the fact. My dad did a good job of kind of blinding me and, and, and in a positive way where he never wanted me to think that, hey, we're struggling. Everything was always good. It, it was only after I grew up and we can have different type of conversations where I'm learning these things like, man, like you really had the sacrifice to help boost me up. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. And again, it helps me become a better parent now because I understand what I need to do for my kids as far as, you know, providing for them, but also not allowing them to think they're, hey, they're not trust fund babies either, right? They've got to work for everything. And, and I'm teaching those skills to my sons because I think, if you have those skills, you have that work ethic, that desire, that grind, you know, you're always going to win. It, it may not be easy sometimes, but you have it in you to pull yourself out of any situation that you get in. And I think that's one of the best skills that you can have as a person. So it was interesting. At the same time, my dad told me to invest. I, I went in, um, I've been dating my wife now for probably about two years now. And I, I went to meet, she doesn't know her father. So it was like a grandfather type of figure. And, you know, we've been we've been dating for like two years. So things are, you know, things are serious. He wanted to bring me in and and have the talk. Right. He wanted to vet me and make sure I was good and, and whatnot and spoke to him. And in those conversations, I found out that, you know, this guy I, I didn't notice till later. but This guy's like a millionaire investor, real estate and, and you know, stock market, stuff like that. Um, but in our conversations, he kind of got an idea for like my business mind and, and how I think. And he really took to me. And I mentioned that, hey, you know, my dad said I should get into investment stuff, like any advice, I don't know what to do. And he didn't really give me any, right? And this was his way of kind of making sure I worked. Um, but I but I knew he was knowledgeable about stuff. So I spent that entire summer just in his office. I said, hey, man, I'm just going to hang around. If you need me to do stuff, let me know. But I'm going to be in the corner office. I can, he's an older guy. Like I, I can go to the store and get stuff for you. I can carry stuff for you. And I just spent that entire office in his building, in his, uh, that entire summer, excuse me, in his building just listening. I was watching what he was doing. I was listening to his phone calls and I kind of earned his trust by the end of that summer. And he said, Hey, let me, let me teach you something. And step-by-step started teaching me little tricks of the trade. And as I learned more about it, um, I got more addicted to it. It was uh, an unsolvable puzzle, I guess. It, It was a puzzle that I wanted to solve, but you can never fully solve it. But it's that carrot in front of you that makes you want to keep going and get better. And I, I really loved it. And he really put me onto the game. Yeah. That's amazing. Gave, gave me his blessing to marry his, uh, his granddaughter too. So that was big. Hey, <laughs> that was the biggest takeaway right there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so Forex, how did mm-hmm. that come about in your journey? So 
investing went well. Um, I started investing. This would have been 2000, 2007, late 2000 or mid 2007 when I started. So I had the luxury of seeing the stock market at basically its very highs. And then the whole crash came and being able to capitalize off things at their lows. And I, I did a pretty good job of investing. And as I got more addicted to it, I wanted it to become something more. The problem is I didn't have a lot of money. So I would invest in stuff and then I couldn't do anything for a long period of time because I, I used up all my money. So I'm just sitting there and there's all these things I wanted to do, but I, I can't touch them. And I heard about Forex. My best friend told me about it. He said, hey, man, you heard about this thing called Forex. I'm like, Forex, what, what, what is this? He's like, currency trading. So the first thing that comes to mind, I'm like, I, I know nothing about this. I'm like, all right, currency exchange. Those are the things at the airports, right? So I'm thinking... And my best friend, he's uh, he's hood, man. Let's uh, just, we won't even sugarcoat it, man. So I'm thinking he's always got these schemes. So I'm like, okay, this dude's gonna have us go to the airport with like duffel bags of money. We gonna get him pass whatever like that. We're gonna sit at the currency exchange and then we're gonna pass money back and forth. Like that's what currency trading is. Cause I had no idea, right? So I'm like, well, how am I supposed to do this, man? Like my name's Akil Latif. Like Latif's a Muslim name. Like they don't. I'm not gonna get through with a bag of money. It's gonna be shady. We're gonna get arrested. He's like, no, 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 no watch these videos. So I started watching these videos about currency trading and, and understand what it really is. And what I took for it, because I was a little cocky, overconfident at the time, is, okay, so I can start an account with less money. I can get more action because it's, a, it's a, the, so much more liquidity in the market. And I can trade 24 hours, right? So I can make more money with less money in a shorter amount of time. Oh, I'm in. And I hopped in Forex thinking I'd be a superstar right away. And uh was not the case. <laughs> it was not the case. But uh I did learn to love the game. And after a lot of ups and downs and kind of, you know, checking my ego at the door, I started doing what I needed to do to become successful. Talk to me about that first, you know, let's say three years of trading. Like, what mm -hmm. was it like mentally? What problems were you having? Were you going into profit on trades, not closing out with profit, just letting it come back and eat you alive, right? Were you taking profit, but taking it too soon? And then the one trade you did let run, it just wiped out everything you made. What issues were you having? And when did you reach a point where you said to yourself, okay, I got to figure out how I can learn from somebody that has experience? All of the above. I, I all of it. I did all of it. Um, it was a rocky road because up until that point, my entire life, my, my kind of mindset was, and this was through working, through sports, whatever. If I just work hard enough, I'll be successful. And I'm not the smartest person out there, whatever like that. But I think my work ethic, like I will outwork anyone. Um, like I, my motor will not end. You will pass out and die and I'll keep going. I'm just that competitive. So I thought, trading and Forex was the same thing. Like, I just got to work at it, work at it, work at it, work at it. And eventually I'll, I'll become, I'll turn myself into a success story. And that wasn't the case because I was working as hard as I could, but I wasn't necessarily working on the right things. And I did do a lot of the errors that you talked about. I, I guess the main one was I was really good on demo, really bad in real life. And I knew nothing about trading psychology. I didn't think about the emotional attachment to money, anything like that. But I would, I would do, I would tell myself, Hey, I'm going to, demo trade for like three months. I'm going to learn these skills. And then like, if I can be successful for three months, I'm going to go live. And I would demo trade. And after the first month, I'd be up big and I'd be like, man, I'm wasting time with this fake money. Let's make some real money. So I jump into real trading and then boom, just like blow everything. I'm like, okay, okay, 
go back to the plan, demo trade three months, let's do it again. And then of course, one month, a big profit. Man, forget this demo trade, man, I'm going back live. And then I'd blow live money. I did that over and over again. And it was all the stuff. I, I didn't have a trading plan. I was just going off a of feel and intuition. I was, you know, I had no targets. I had no stop losses, like it just reckless gambling in the market. And it got to a point, and I don't know what the, the game-changing moment was. It was probably just, probably after I blew a lot more money and I was sitting there like, I don't get it. What's what's not right? That I knew that I needed, like something needed to change. I didn't know what that thing was at the time, but I, I kind of accepted like, hey, I can't do this by myself. I, I need to look for help. And around that same time, I ac accidentally found someone that ended up being a coach and he eventually ended up being my, my mentor and, and good friend as well. So it, it kind of worked out around the same time. So from when you started trading Forex to you finally getting a trading plan, understanding mm -hmm. where to take profits, getting your psychology down packed, what was the time frame from that first time you got into a demo account till when you finally had a plan and you were ready to do this for real? Probably about a year and a half, two years. I don't, two years, two years, I would say that, that's when I started calling myself successful. So probably like a year, a year and a half, because it was funny, even after I got coaching and mentorship, I, I still didn't really trust it. So I had a coach and I had a mentor and I had like, you know, uh, you know, training videos and whatnot, but I wasn't really following it. My mindset was like, okay, all I have to do is get the coaching and then boom, I'll find whatever systems he's doing and then I'll make money. So I didn't really take the psychological part seriously. I didn't take a lot of it seriously. So it still took me about a year after getting coaching to finally make those changes. And then even after that, when I got, when I went out on my own, I still made a massive amount of mistakes. And it, it, it really took me giving up on trading, like saying to myself, Hey, like, it's over. I'm not going to make it. it. It took that to finally start following the rules and seeing like, wow, if I actually do this the right way, I can be profitable. Mm. One question I get a lot is mm -hmm. Calvin, you know, how long did it take you to learn? And it's pretty much the same thing with you as with me. Like that first year and a half, like going into that second year was like the breakthrough for me. Right. But I always tell people, it was because before I found out about Forex, I was all like I had already was able to fire my day job and I was already making money on my own through entrepreneurship. And so I had the free time. And then with COVID happening, when I first started, mm -hmm. it was perfect because all of my work was digital. And so I had the free time to study and listen to my mentor and really put in that chart time literally all day in demo studying, taking notes. You know, I was able to do that, but see a lot of people, they're still working. And so it's, 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 it's hard to juggle full-time job. And then you're doing your mentorship or you're doing your course or, or to actually put that chart time in for yourself. Now, my question is, were you still working those three jobs while you were doing Forex and doing the mentorship? Like, were you juggling all of those things at the same time or were you, not working and just strictly trading at that time when you were learning. So I was working one job. I, I, I quit all three. Well, I, I quit two. One, I wasn't being renewed at. Um, I still ended up, I was still coaching. I just wasn't getting paid for coaching. So I was still working it, but no paycheck. Um, but I I quit all three. And, and for two reasons. One, like one, it gave me that back against the wall mentality. Like I've, I've again, athlete. So like, 
clock's running down, like, give me the ball. Like, I, I want that last shot. Like, get your call, play for me, and I'll score you the touchdown, wherever like that. That's been my mentality. So I always work best when my back's against the wall, and I understand it about myself. So putting my back against the wall, I know that I'm not going to BS anymore. I'm not going to kind of push things back. Like, I have to be successful or I'm going to fail. And failure is so scary that there's only one choice to win. Um, there was also a little ego in there. Like I said, when I first went from stocks to Forex, because I had um, a good good track record in the stock market, I thought I'd be better than I was. I did not expect to be that bad. So I didn't have that realistic expectation of like, hey, this is going to take a year and a year and a half. And that's what it takes most traders. Like I said, it took you that long. It took me that long. You know, um, there's a owner of S&B Capital named Mike Bellafiore. He's got a great book called One Good Trade. Come on, bro. Where he talked the... to... Bro, oh yeah. man, you just yeah. mentioning that, bro. Go ahead, mm -hmm. continue. <laughs> I, so I'm fortunate, fortunate enough to know Mike, and we we talk about the same things. It's like, yeah, like anywhere between nine and like eighteen months. Even traders, like professional traders, on this floor, it takes them about a year, a year and a half to like finally get it. So you have to have a realistic view of that of that patience. So. I just had the wrong expectations. Um, but fortunately, the, the benefit of not working all those jobs is that, like you, I was able to commit um, really like 18 hours a day to chart work. I had nothing better to do. I would chart, eat, chart, sleep, and repeat over and over again. And I think being able to get those reps in, I just saw, um, I don't know if it was a real or TikTok this morning about like the power of a hundred hours over something. It's like, if you commit 18, 18 minutes a day to some skill, you'll be better than 95% of people out there. And I don't know if that number is true or not, but the fact of the matter is the more time you deliberately commit to something, the better you will become. It's like any other skill. If you're learning to play an instrument and you practice every day, you're going to be good. If you practice for longer every day, you're going to be better even quicker. Um, so I was fortunate to have that time to really, at the beginning of my career to really put in those hours um, until I had to get to the point where I had to pick up something else just to kind of survive again. Yeah. Yeah, man. You fired me up when you told me you knew <laughs> Mike, man. When you told me, you, <laughs> come on, man. Listen, Mark Douglas trading in the zone is like my manuscript, right? Like it's, it's, it's my, like my, it's my safe place, you know, when I'm frustrated. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you have a frustrating day, frustrating week. You, you know, you just lay down, fall asleep to Mark Douglas, right? But what one good trade did for me, Akil, mm -hmm. that gave me a sense of purpose in my trading. You know what I mean? Like, you hear a man that literally started out as just a normal trader, you know, and then built, him and his partner built this firm and you hear him talk about, you know, just their traders and their process and how they've groomed these traders and the different personalities and the different styles, but it's the success. And yeah. when you find your rhythm that you can be, anybody can be successful at this if you find your rhythm and mm -hmm. bro, that book there just, it opened up the possibilities to what this simple skill can do when you attach time and patience and discipline to it. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, bro, that book is emotional <laughs> for me. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like that's the book that really let me know like, Calvin, bro, if you get yourself together, this is real, man. You know what I mean? Like this is for real, for real. This ain't no game. You know what I mean? So yeah, bro. Um, uh, <laughs> let's continue. <Yeah. laughs> so um, when did you get to the point for you when you realize like, okay, like you know how to trade now and you like, okay, Akil, like this, like 
dude, like I'm making money. Like this is real right now. I can see this. If I continue, I can see myself really becoming a full-time trader and really starting to essentially be my own bank. You know what I mean? Because I think a lot of people, so give me your thoughts on that. And then I want you to give me your thoughts on this. I think we have a few different traders here. So a lot of traders look at, I want to be multi-million. I want the house. I want the boat. I want all that stuff. Then you have other traders, which is like where my mindset is now, where it's all about just you being the bank, you controlling, like you controlling how to multiply your money. It's like that, that Buffett effect. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So talk to me about when you first started seeing those consistent gains in your journey and just how that felt emotionally for you. How did your wife react to that? And then I want you to allude to like, what type of trader have you now become? Are you more so like I'm the Buffett type over time Mm -hmm. investing on my own bank or are you the flashy type, which I already know the answer, but I want you to talk (laughs) about it anyway. (laughs) So the, the journey is interesting because, like I said, I, I hit this rock bottom place in my trading where I just wasn't successful. And I was, uh, again, I never want to admit that I was about to give up, but honestly, I was about to give up. And, you know, I'm blaming everyone, system, blah, blah, blah. And I did this end of year audit where I looked at my stats. I'm like, okay, like, here's what I did. If I would have done things perfectly, you know, follow the plan, all that fun stuff, how would how would I have performed? And I noticed that, man, like my performance at the end of the year would have been great if I stopped like doing the dumb stuff. So I made a rule. I said, hey, you know what? New Year's beginning. I'm just going to focus on making less mistakes. So if I'm making 30 mistakes a month, my goal in January is to make 29. If I do 29 in January, my goal in February is to make it, you know, 28, just one less. And it really like became process driven. And again, I disconnected from the money because I just, I kind of gave up on being successful. My nest egg was running out. I was writing out resumes I didn't think the trading thing was going to happen, at least the way I thought it would. And funny enough, right, I, I get to, I think it was like the March or April statement, and I get this uh, email from my broker, and I'm looking at the bottom line. Usually it's in parentheses, and, you know, it means you lost money. I'm looking at it, and, like, there's no parentheses. I'm like, email my broker back, like, hey, I think y'all sent me the wrong broker because, like, <laughs> I don't make money. Like, I lose money every month. That's what I do. And they're like, no, Mr. Stokes, account number, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, what? I actually made, and that was the the turning point. I'm like, I started making profit because I was trading the right way. I wasn't thinking about the money. I was just judging myself on, am I taking good trades? And that was the biggest light bulb moment for me. Now, the problem was at the time, I had lost so much money that although I can be profitable in the market, it wasn't enough that I can live off of, right? Again, I had no jobs, whatever like that, or one part-time job. And like, I can't live off this. So what do I do? So I started thinking about ways I can turn my trading into a business. And I went on to money management. Now, if I know they weren't around, at least I didn't know about them back then. Um, but the online prop firm is probably where I would have went because I'm, you know, I just want to trade. Like I'm not about the, I don't want to market myself and go to people and, and do these pitches on why I should manage money. That was frustrating, man. Like millions of no's and like depressing and, and whatnot. Um but the online prop firm thing wasn't a thing back then. I didn't also didn't want to pick up my life and, and kind of move to like New York and, and work for a brick and mortar. So went out there and, and pitched myself on why I should manage money for people and, and got a, a couple small deals done. And it wasn't until I got the big uh, big deal done that I started really thinking about my future. And I remember I went up to 
New York City, um, took the train up there. They had a limo pick me up, drove me down to like the same place, like Mariah Carey and all these places, you know, people live in like right near the water, like, you know, like rich and flashy stuff. So I'm like, oh, geez, here we go. So I'm giving my pitch. I'm getting the stone face the entire time. Like, I'm like, all right, here we go. Another, another no, here we go. So I'm all wrapped up and about to leave. Like, hey, you know, thank you for your time. I, you know, I'll get back on my own. It's cool. And sitting down, writes me a check, writes me a check for a quarter mil quarter mil, right? Man, I, so I had a check for a quarter mil in my pocket. I got to take the train home in, from New York City. <laughs> and like, I'm already paranoid because of where I come from. So I'm like, I'm gonna get pickpocketed. I'm gonna get mugged. I'm sitting here just like shady as can be like hands on my pocket, ready for like, ready for action, ready to fight anything. Uh, most nerd run home, get to it, lay it out and just look at it. And like, had a moment, like I did it. Like I did it. Now I didn't do it yet. I still had to trade it. Like, but like I did it. And that was the first time that I saw what trading can be as far as a business goes. Now, as far as like the mentality and whatnot, and what type of person I am, like I said, you already know it. The least flashy person you will ever met. Like I, I don't have a lot of material things at all. I drive the same car I drove when I graduated uh, college. Um, so what, well, one broke down. I got a new car, but not a new car, but I drive my personal car. The wife has a newer car. I've got a 2000, what, I think it's a 2005 Toyota Camry, 2005 silver Toyota Camry, man. It's got rust spots. It got little details falling off. Um, and a lot of people will clown me out there where it's like, why, you know, why, why don't you get a new car or whatever like that? And, and I want a new car. Don't get me wrong, but I believe in purposeful decisions, right? My car gets me from A to B. It passes inspection each year. There's no need. Like when it breaks down, I will get something new. I will get an upgrade, but I just don't believe in spending money on stuff like that. It's never been my personality. You know, same thing with clothing, right? You'll see me in this or like a black t-shirt, like 90% of the time. Um, things I do spend money on are like sporting events. I love sports. I'm spending a bunch of money on, you know, probably in a couple of years when the World Cup's here in uh in uh the USA trying to get some world cup tickets or like, you know, when my kids get their attention span gets long enough to go see like a basketball game or a football game, I'll spend money on stuff like that. Um, but just never been a flashy individual. Again, where I'm from, if you, if you show it off, you're just a bigger target for someone to take. Come on. We and come like, to get you. We come and, to get you. Yeah. And that's, that's the environment I grew up with. I don't want a bigger target on me at all. Cause I'm just, you know, I'm low key. Um, I'm not about, I don't want to be about that life. Um, so I don't want to give them any reason to be like, hey, you know, let's come get something. Because if you come, you ain't going to get nothing. Ain't nothing here for you to get. Well, one thing um, I can better kill. <laughs> Listen, I bet you them family vacations be nice. I bet you that. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you that, my brother. There, there we go. We, we, we spend stuff on the stuff that matters like that. Um, but yeah, just a, a low key life. And the same thing, like you spoke about earlier, like I don't want my kids. You know, I want my kids growing up humble. Like, I don't, I don't want them in this mindset. It's hard already for kids because they don't, you know, my kids know what money is now. But when they first grew up, like, oh, yeah, dad, just buy this. Like, what do you mean just buy it? Yeah, just take money out and buy it. Use that card thing you got. Like, no, it doesn't work like that. Like, money goes away. And so we're trying to teach them those lessons of, like, money is, is you know, you get money for working hard and you get a limited amount of it. So you got to be smart with your decisions. Um, so just just my nature, I, you know, and look, hats off to anyone who wants to buy that stuff. Look, my Rule of thumb, your money, you do whatever you want with it. Um, I, I, I do not judge anyone that does anything with their money because we all have different 
desires. Uh, just for me personally, I, I just don't get pleasure from things like things like that. I, I get pleasure, for, like you said, vacations. I get pleasure from being able to go to concerts or being able, be able to go to sporting events or like, you know, just being able to stuff like, hey, I can go buy my kid a toy without, you know, checking the credit card statement to make sure I'm the, the car is not going to be overdue or, so, or overdraft or something like that. Um, just that comfort is what I get, what I get joy in. 1000% yeah. agree, bro. 1000% agree. I mean, that's all I talk about on this podcast, you know, just like that's what my first year of being profitable did for me when me and my wife first got married back mm-hmm. in uh, 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, we were two college kids that were broke, man. And it was by the grace of God that we made it without having to borrow money from people. You know, we were yeah. both working part time and we never was able to do anything, you know, ne- ever. You know, when once she graduated and she was pregnant, you know, and then the next mm-hmm. baby came two years after that. And so we were never able to do anything. And my first year being profitable, which was 2021, that's what I did, man. I invested um, a portion of that money into us as a family being able to do things. And that was the most rewarding feeling ever to know that we were able to do that because I simply used my mind. That's it. Yeah. And yeah. It, it was the most rewarding and the most beautiful feeling ever. And I did the same thing you did. I did get her a car. I did get her a yeah, car. Yep. <laughs> the wife always gets the first one. I always get the car. And but bro, I, I like I agree one thousand percent. Um, I'm just all about the experiences and just yeah. bro, like God, God gives us things to test our motives and to see how we manage mm-hmm. them. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And for me, you know, you never know what's gonna happen. And so for me, I always want to be a good steward of whatever I'm given. And yep. I always like if God blesses me with increase, I want to make sure that I'm storing a part of that increase for a rainy day because you're never up always. You know what I mean? Yep. You're never up always. And so coming from where we come from, because I'm mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure just hearing you talk, we come from the same environment. <laughs> um, <Yep. laughs> like, you know how it is. Like we were so used to just being at the bottom. You know what I mean? Yep. Like you said, like I didn't grow up poor either, but we were still limited with resources. You always felt the limitation of what you mm-hmm. could get and what you could do. You always felt that like, it was never like, Oh yeah, we can go to the best restaurant or the, or the, you know, the best side of Macy's. No, we yeah. were in Ross. <laughs> we were in Kmart back then. You know what I mean? Well, you know, so it's, it's, it's that. And then now to be in a place where it's like, you know, you can do what you want to do, but you mm-hmm. choose to be wise with it. That's a, for me, that's a position of power, yeah. a big let, position let me, of power. Let me let me tell you this the, the follow up. I, I love that story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking about the most important thing I bought. Right. So in my trading journey. Right. Pretty much everyone told me I couldn't be successful. Mm-hmm. Like even my dad, who is supportive is whatever. Like, you know, he said the right thing because, you know, dad's got a lot of you and like blah, 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 blah. But <laughs> deep down, I don't think he believed because, you know, my mentality was, you know, entrepreneurship mentality. I, I try different things and then like things don't work and I try the next thing. So he's like, yeah, you'll probably try this trading thing and he'll go on to the next thing. And the one person that supported me like fully was my wife, uh, fiance at the time, girlfriend, fiance at the time was my wife. And again, she no idea what trading was or anything, but she saw me because like, and I wasn't always the best person. Like, you know, we, I, we you know, I call her over like, Hey, you know, we're going to watch, you know, a movie tonight. And then like, I'd be on the computer, like just 30 more minutes, like, you know, oh, one more hour. Then like, I look around, she's passed out in the bed where it's like three hours later, I'm still digging into the trading. And I'm like, Oh man, like I'm, I'm an idiot. 
but she never, never complained. Always. She saw me chasing my dream and, and she was always kind of a cheerleader. Like, Hey, you can do this. You got this. I believe in you. And you need that when no one else is doing it for you. Like you, sometimes you need that just to get through that dark place. And the biggest thing I gave to her, I gave to us as a family is that when I made it, I said, Hey, like you don't have to work if you don't want to. And I think that was the biggest thing where it's like, she was chasing her own dream. Um, I said, Hey, you were by my side when I was chasing mine. We're in a financial situation right now where, you know, both of us don't have to work. So now you have the time to chase your dream. You don't have to worry about trying to, you know, work a regular job and then chasing your dream on the side. Take whatever time you need to chase the dream. And then eventually, you know, pregnant two kids, you, you, you can be a mom at home. And first of all, hats off to moms and anyone or moms or dads, whoever is taking care of kids, because I would you think trading's hard. I would never, I could never survive being at home with the kids, but she's here and she, you know, she's watching Gracie's corner with them. She's here taking them to, she's at the library right now, taking them to different subjects, like doing things for the kids that allows them to grow instead of just like, Hey, go to a preschool over there. Like she's spending time. And I I think that's going to, you know, it's going to be so, so great for the children, just knowing like, Hey, their parents were around the entire time. Um, and, and I think that's the best thing that Forex for trading or trading in general has bought me. It's bought me time and it's bought my wife time. And it's given us the ability to kind of spend time on the things that matter the most for us. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that up. That's, that's so key. What was the journey to get your account to that point where you working, add money, trading, like how does a trader get to the point where they're eventually one day at the place where they can live off trading and give their wife or give their uh, significant other that opportunity to be the stay at home parent or to pursue their dreams. Yeah. So it was, it was kind of a, an up and down road. So I was managing the money, um, which paid very, very, very well. because I was good at what I did. However, it was not personally rewarding and it was frustrating. It was not personally rewarding because it took trading from something that was kind of something that I enjoyed to a job. Like there was a lot of pressure, man. That's a, a lot of money to manage. And this particular client was very involved, right? So if I, if I can start things over, I put a clause in there. Hey, like you don't contact me with any ideas, only if you want to take money out or blah, 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 like that. But this guy would contact me like, Hey, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Or I, I heard the news and this is going up. So it was always that balance between like, Hey, like I got a plan. I'm sticking to it. Like we're making money. Um, a balance between that and trying to be like, well, I don't want to I don't want to make this guy upset and have him pull all his money away. So I want to please him a little bit. And I found that to be very frustrating because on, on one side, I'm still a younger trader trying to follow my plan 100%. I know my plan produces money and it was producing really good returns. But at the other hand, he wasn't really satisfied with the returns because his mindset was more like, okay, well, if you're making this much, can't you make more if you just risk more? And I'm like, well, you know, if you risk more, you can't survive the drawdowns. But he didn't, he didn't understand that. He just wanted to, he had kind of that get rich quick, or he was already rich, but get make more mentality. Cause I guess, you know, for him, I guess 250,000 wasn't a lot. So he was like, yeah, I want to kind of really go after it. And I'm like, uh, I'm more of a cautious individual. Or like, hey, let's just slowly build that. So we got to a point where, really good streak of returns, but he's not happy because he's like, well, if you did this good and you just would have traded more, like we could have done even better. And he's like, I want to trade a bigger position size. And again, if I can go back, I would have said no. 
I gave him all the warnings. I'm like, no, we shouldn't do this, right? I'm on a hot streak. We, a losing streak is probably going to come. It's just how the probabilities work. Um, we got to be able to absorb this so we can survive the next hot streak. Um, but he's like, no, 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 let's, let's, let's be risky. Let's do it. And again, I just, I just agreed to it. I said, you know what? You're the boss, man. You're the, you're the boss. It's your money. Let's go for it. And took me straight right into a drawdown. I remember I lost almost like $30,000 within like, it was really like a month, but the majority of it was like in a week. There was, a, I think, a natural disaster. I think it was like a tsunami or something in Japan that hit. And I, I just I had like four or five positions on that were all correlated. And then, boom, just all tanked and hit this rock bottom point where I, I turned my computers off. I, I didn't trade for a week. I was just in a deep, dark place. And then what made it even worse, right, I, I turned my computer back on like a week later. And I realized like, hey, if I would have just kept trading, not only would I have made those $30,000 back, I would have made 30000 on top of that because after the natural disaster, everything just rebounded and went back to normal. And like that killed me because it, it was one thing to lose that amount of money. But more importantly, I, I deviated from the plan. I didn't do what I was supposed to do. And because of that, I missed out on an opportunity. And, and traders know like good opportunities don't happen that often. And that was my big one. And we had a conversation at that. I said, hey, like, I just don't have joy in this. It was stressful. I wasn't happy. I, I no longer loved trading. And we had to end the relationship. Um, now, again, fortunately, I was able to make money off of that that funded my accounts. So I was able to go back on trading by my own. Um, but the problem with that was not so uh, not so far afterwards, the broker that I was using um, got shut down for fraud and lost everything, right? So like I get out of managing money, a frustrating situation. I'm back on my own. I got more money in my account. I'm happy. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm trading for myself. It's good. I've got more capital than I did before because I had this really good streak with this investor, right? Now I'm going to do it by myself. I love it again. I'm excited. And then again, I just remember getting an email in the morning from a, a buddy of mine. He's like, hey man, like, are you with PFG? I'm like, yeah, I'm with PFG, right? What happened? Like, yo, their CEO just tried to commit suicide in his car and they found out he was stealing money and, and fraudulating the numbers on the account. I'm like, no, this is a reputable broker. Like, no. And then like all over the news and, and everyone's scrambling to get their money back. And you realize like, man, everything in that account's gone. And then the, it, I was forced with this decision and I go back in my head and this is where you, 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 you separate the business decision from being just a good person. So I was still managing money for the minor accounts that I had, not the big one, but the minor accounts, whatever like that. And all of that money was tied up with the same broker. And I had a choice, right? And they, they knew there was disclaimers, there was contracts, they know the risk of trading, right? We can lose anything, stuff like this happens. And I made the decision. I said, hey, you know what? Like, this is not fair. I'm going to take my own money and I'm going to, I'm going to give them, I'm going to refund their accounts based on my own capital. And again, tough, probably not the best business decision. I'm not the best business person out there, but personally, that's a decision that I, I sleep well every night because it's the right thing, I believe. Um, but you can imagine that that set me back. And so I'm back at square one now where, you know, I've, I've still got capital because I, I had money in other investments, whatnot, whatnot, but not enough to trade full time. So I'm like, crap, like I'm, I'm back to where I started like three years ago. Like, what do I do? And it was at the same time, the, the mentor that taught me how to coach, he's been asking me for about a year to help coach with him. And I've been saying like, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to be a coach. I just want to, you know, I don't want to be in front of cameras and teaching people stuff. I just want to trade. And I finally said, you know what, let's, let's give this coaching thing a try. 
Like I, it was either I needed something to supplement my trading income. I didn't have enough to survive on my own at this time, um, especially with, you know, the family, whatever. Like I didn't have kids yet, but still with me and my wife being together. And I said, hey, either I get a job outside of the industry um, or I get something in the industry. And it, it made perfect sense to do something in the industry. He was like, hey, just just trade and do your thing. You don't really have to teach. Just kind of like be an example. Um, and that's how I got into coaching. And then surprisingly enough, man, I, I fell in love with it. Did not think I would fall in love with it at all, um, but I fell in love with it for you know the reasons we spoke about earlier. It, it is I was I was someone that was fortunate enough to to become successful, and I'm working with people that have the same dream as me, and, and I get to help them along that journey. Like I get to reach my hand back and tell them all the dumb stuff I did and help them achieve the same thing as I did. And it was something I never felt before inside, where like I felt. Like it felt special. I felt like I had a purpose on this planet. Like this is what I was meant to do. Not necessarily, you know, trading related, but like just meant to help elevate others and um, haven't looked back since. So it was a, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, it was emotional swings and financial swings as well. Um, but again, hey, if, if that stuff wouldn't have happened, I don't know if I'd be here right now like in the same place teaching others. So everything happens for a reason. I, I truly believe that. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get where we're meant to be. Um, and you just gotta, you gotta look at everything as just an opportunity to, uh, for something else. So trading today, how often are you in the market present day? Um, what type of trader are you? What time frames do you focus on the most? Give us a rundown on what your outlook or what your day-to-day -day looks like today as a trader. Yeah, so I'm a swing trader. I'm actually about to re. I, I day traded for a little bit. Um, I stopped day trading about two years ago just to free up some time and whatnot. I'm actually about to start day trading again. I have a new strategy that I'm breaking out April 3rd. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, but mainly I'm a swing trader. So, you know, I do my analysis in the morning. It typically takes anywhere between like 15 to 30 minutes. So, not, not a lot of time at all because it's on uh, mainly the four hour and the hourly time frame. So, things will move too much. Um, and I know specifically what I'm looking for. So as far as trades go, not a lot of frequency in my trading. I, I probably take less than 20 trades a month. Now, again, that's going to that's gonna increase with the day trading stuff being put back in. But as far as like the, the swing trading, the four hour and hourly trades, only about 20 trades a month. So I always tell people a lot of trading is doing the work and then not getting any action off of it. So I do a lot of analysis and usually it's like, nah, nothing happens. And you do some more analysis and it's like, uh, nothing happens. And then every once in a while you do your analysis and the thing happens and you're ready for it. You take advantage of it. It plays out wins or loses. And then you repeat over and over again. So it's a lot of prep prep work for a very small amount of execution, but that's what trading is. You, you have to be prepared for whenever those opportunities come. That way you can take advantage of them. You don't miss them. You have this quote where you talk about being a dumb trader and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give us some insight on that. Like, what does it mean to be a dumb trader? You just can't overthink things, man. You gotta, it's, you know, it's like a dumb football player. Like where, you know, my job as an athlete was like, Hey, like whatever coach does, I do it. Like, that's my only job. I don't overthink it. I don't try to outthink the coach. I don't try to outthink the market. Coach has prepped me with a plan. If he says I'm supposed to run this route, that's what I do. So the dumb trader is the same thing. Like, don't outthink the market. Don't think you're better than the market. Realize that the market can do whatever it wants, whenever it wants. And I don't care how smart you are, you're never going to control what the market does. You're never going to tell the market what it's supposed to do. Our job is simply to participate. So we have our plan. 
We simply analyze. We wait until all the rules of our plan are met. If they are, we take the trade. If they're not, we stay out of it. But we never want to get ourselves in the sense of like, I am better than the market because the market hears that stuff and it, it will prove you wrong. The market will, the market is irrational. And if anyone, anyone who's ever traded will see that where it's like, why did we go up? Right. And, and you'll have instances where you'll have the perfect trade setup and it'll lose. And then you'll have this corny trade setup and a win. You'd be like, it makes zero sense, but that is how the market is. I think we just have to know our place and know that, hey, I'm not smarter than the market. I'm, I can't control the market. I am simply here to participate in, in what it has to give. Yeah. Love that, man. Love that. So right now you have an amazing trading mentorship community. How would you best describe it and just kind of break down what you offer and just some of the things that you're doing to help build up the next generation of full-time traders. Yeah, we have, we have a great community over at tier1trading.com. It was something that, you know, we were very scared to do because, you know, typically like in the past, trading forums are very toxic places where you get a bunch of traders together. If, if it's not, I don't want to say handpicked, but if you don't have a good community, it can get really bad really, really quickly. If anyone's ever been in like a trading form, you know exactly what I mean, where it becomes just like people calling people dumb, people saying the wrong stuff, spreading misinformation. So we were very nervous to do it, but we we trusted our followers. We trusted our community. And we started up a program that offered all the, the training courses and stuff like that, which is important. But we also understood that training courses don't work, right? And for someone that, you know, quote unquote, sells training courses, right? For me to tell you training courses doesn't work, right? It seems kind of weird. But the point is, you don't get successful by taking a course, right? You don't get successful by reading a book, no matter how book how good that book is. You don't get successful by watching a YouTube video. You get successful by surrounding yourselves with others and, and using that community to help you grow, right? Whether that's trading or whether that's in real life as well. So what we did was we, we have course material, but around that course material, we put a lot of supportive resources. So whether it's live sessions, whether it's Q&A sessions, we have something called accountability sessions where we we bring traders in, they just share their story, right? They let people know, hey, this is where I've come from. This is where I'm at in my journey, kind of icebreakers so they could, they feel more comfortable around the community. Um, and then we have the community chat as well, where traders can just kind of chat with each other like, hey, man, I'm bad today. It's like, oh yeah, me too. And like that misery loves company or if traders are working on a specific thing, we have groups where it's like, hey, I'm working on this strategy um, oh, I worked on that too. Like, what, what are your insights? You know, what can I do? What can I avoid? How can I help? Um, so it's, it's been a blessing to do that. It's, it's a great community and it, it helps us just as much as it helps these traders because it brings the joy to my life and it keeps me honest, right? I can't cheat. I can't do stuff outside of my rules um, because I know they're going to call me out and I need that accountability as well. So it's been a blessing to kind of work with that community and, and, and exciting to see it grow over the years. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so if one is interested in just checking it out, is there like a free trial that you offer? Like how can one get started with you guys? Yeah, there's a, a 14 day trial membership on the platform. It's going to cost you a dollar because we found that if we charge a dollar, it keeps the trolls away. Um, trolls are the ones that come in and just try to disrupt stuff. But if you charge them just one dollar, they, they don't show up. Uh, so it's been really good at <laughs> that dollar thing has worked versus the free one. But 
it's risk-free. So there's no auto bill like that. There's no like sneaky stuff where it's like, Hey, if you forget to cancel or you can't find the cancel button, you're, you're billed for the next month. You're just on the platform for two weeks. And once your two weeks is up, you lose access, but it gives you a chance to check out some courses. It gives you a chance to talk to the community. It gives you a chance to join in the live session. I would say this, if for someone that's interested in doing the trial, just make sure your schedule set where you can fully take advantage of it. You don't want to take the trial on like a busy time in your life and you don't have a chance to do anything. Take it during like, hey, I've got these two weeks of vacation or these two weeks that are light at work. So you can really dive in and commit. Because like you said earlier, the more time you can invest in something, the better you're going to become. And also don't be shy, right? A lot of traders will come in thinking like, hey, I feel I have a dumb question or I'm shy. I don't want to ask this. Our community is not the type that's going to make fun of you, right? We, we were all bad. Um, so we're here to help. And so ask away. The best thing you do is be shameless because you have two options. Either you can ask the question, feel dumb about asking it, but get the answer, which pushes you in the right direction, or you can not ask the question because you feel a little bit of ashamed and now you never get the answer and you don't go in the right direction. So mods will be a little shameless and just ask the question, get the answer, and then keep doing so over and over again. I agree. If you could give a word of advice to Akil when you first heard from your friend about currency trading, <laughs> that it's that question, right? If you mm. could say anything, if you could pick up the phone right after you finish talking to your best friend, if you could pick up that phone and call that version of a kill back then, what would you tell that version of a kill about trading, about the journey? And what recommendations would you give that version of yourself in order to reach success uh, without all the difficulties, even though the difficulties made you who you are today, what mm -hmm. advice would you give? That's a good question. That's the first time I've ever got that question. That's a really good one. Um, I would say this one, like I just mentioned, don't be afraid to ask for help. I was extremely stubborn, um, didn't want to ask for help. And I think that set me back months in my journey. Um, so don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, I would say the second one would be Understand that trading is more about psychology than about math and numbers, right? I, I went into trading thinking it was all about strategy, 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 and didn't really worry about the psychological side. But like I told you in the stories of demo account greatness and real account suffering, I never really thought that psychology played an issue. So I, I think that the more we can master our mindset, the better chance we're going to have at being successful in trading because there are millions of strategies out there that are successful. But if you don't have it up here, you're going to fail at all, all million of them. Um, so focus on psychology just as much as you do on the trading strategy and techniques. Ladies and gentlemen, the Kill Stokes, it's your boy Calvin, a new trader. This is the Forex Beginner Podcast. You know what I'm about to say. Me and Akil look forward to running into you at the bank one day. But guess what? You <laughs> cannot meet us at the bank. You got to beat us there. When we pull up, you should be walking out with a duffel bag on your shoulder, big smile on your face. And uh, we just believe everybody's going to be successful, whatever success is for you. So till next time, God bless, take care, and uh, pick up the phone, call somebody, tell them you love them because life is too short. Till next time, I'll holla at you later. Peace.